0: Today I'm going to have a little conversation about risk versus reward and you know I heard something the other day um, it was on uh, Rory Vaden's podcast which is a great podcast if uh, you're interested in marketing and building your brand Um, but he had some guests on that were talking about um, you know just showing up and if you're dealing with something the likelihood of other people dealing with it are pretty high and one of the things that I've really just been considering lately is the concept of risk versus reward and I would you know, I, am I'm, I'm probably lean more toward, uh, the riskier side of, of the spectrum, if you will. Um, I've always been a risk taker. Um, you know, you've probably heard me say this before, but even when we were starting our first business at the age of 24 and I have, you know, three little children and Karen and I are just, you know, recently married four or four years earlier. And, and we asked the question, you know, what's, what's the worst case scenario or, or actually the way we said it was, what do we have to lose? And the reality was, at that point in time, I didn't have anything to lose. Um, I if if it didn't work out, I mean, yeah, we had a little bit of money in a four hundred and one k that me and my business partner were going to pull. He actually had more money than than I did, but it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a big sum. It wasn't anything that was going to, you know, make the difference of our future retirement. Or if we lost it, it was going to mean that you know we didn't have time to start over or whatever. And so the question was, what do we have to lose? And the reality was I didn't have anything to lose other than, like I said, a little bit of money in a 401k, because the reality was if we started our own business and it didn't work out, I could always go to work. It's not like plumbers. I was a plumber by trade. It's not like plumbers are in low demand, especially ones that were, you know, diligent and dedicated and actually showed up for work every day and could run crews. And, uh, even at the age of 24, at that point in time, I was, um, you know, pretty, ha- I had a pretty strong set of leadership skills. And, and even at the age of 24, I was running a crew of, you know, 15 guys that were three times my age and well, not three times. That's, that was an exaggeration, two times my age. (laughs) Um, But you know, anyway, I was, I was uh, running crews of people, you know, a lot, a lot older and a lot more experienced than I was because my boss could trust me. And so the worst case scenario was I'd have to go back to work for another company. And yeah, maybe that particular company wouldn't hire me back. Although they probably, probably would. Um, that was my worst case scenario. Go back to the job that I already had. So what was the risk? There really wasn't a whole lot of risk. And the point that I'm making today is, and this is what I've been realizing lately. When we launched that business, when I was 24 years old, we grew very quickly. By the end of that first year, we had almost, almost 20 employees we were doing roughly a million dollars in revenue by the end of year 1 and you know we just always every year was just constant growth and we were hiring people left and right and i was you know hiring the best consultants as i've i've shared you know this version of the story so many times but the reality was i didn't have much to lose and you know i've been thinking about this lately because i feel like i'm at a pinnacle and one of my favorite books is the big leap and we we, we hit these upper limits, like these glass ceilings. And I feel like I'm at an upper limit in my life right now. And I'm sharing this because, as I said earlier, um, if I'm dealing with it, you know, the likelihood of other people dealing with it are the same. And the thing that I've been wrestling with and one of the upper limits that I'm hitting that I didn't deal with as much when I was younger um, was, you know, the fear of making... <laughs> big catastrophic decisions. Like that's kind of how I think about it. And the reality is if you're watching this on video, you'll see, but like I kind of look at this as a as an upward climb. And you know, when I look back to the age of 24 and when we're younger, we don't have as much to lose. We can, we can risk more. And so when I was thinking about, you know, our, our business growing and and we have more work than we have employees. And you know, we need to hire some management and we need to hire consultants. I didn't have any choice in in my opinion at that point in time, I didn't have any choice but to hire the best consultants and, and hire, you know, great leaders and hire great managers and just invest the money. And, you know, I figured that the only way that we were going to increase in revenue, the only way that we were going to grow our company was to invest in our people. Well, Recently, I've been, you know, as I have more to risk, I have more at risk because as I've gotten older and we've had levels of success and, and we're focused more on the investment side and, and actually making a return on our capital, which back in the day when I was running that business, it was just like, what what do we got to do to keep up? I need to hire more people. I need to buy more equipment. I need to buy more trucks. I didn't, I didn't really, I don't know that I really understood You know, whether I had a choice, it was like if we want to keep growing, we just keep doing this. Well, now I'm a lot more um, conservative, I guess, in my decision making processes. It takes me a lot longer, and it's because I have more at risk. And so, the question that I have for you today is you know, in what areas of your life are you playing smaller than maybe you would have at one point in time? Or maybe you're not making decisions because as you've gotten older, and you're secure in the amount of money that you're making. Maybe it's in your W2 job, or maybe it's in, you know, the business that you're running, or maybe you've gotten accustomed to a certain amount of passive income and, and living at a certain level. And you're comfortable with that, which by the way, we all have different levels of comfort. And if you're happy with where you're at, then that's great. Another concept that I've really been talking about, and maybe I've recorded a podcast on this. If not, I will. So here's the thing that I've realized lately too, is that you can be content while not being satisfied. And, and what do I mean by that? And, you know, some of you might say that this is semantics, but the reality is we can be happy as a human. We can be content with the people and the job that we have or the business that we have, the amount of money that we're making. We can be content with our life. And yet not be satisfied with the level of success, or not be satisfied with the amount of relationships, or not be satisfied with the depth of our, our, our marriage relationship, or the depth of our relationship with our children. We can be content while wanting more being, meaning that we're not satisfied with the level that we've achieved. And So again, back to the question that I'm really asking you, you know what? what areas of your life are you not taking the risks or are you being motivated and driven by fear because you've built, you've built a certain level of life or you have, you know, a house that you could lose or you have savings that you could lose or, you know, you've got a certain investment. And by the way, I'm not saying that you should be flippant with your investments. You should, you know, be cautious and and somewhat conservative with where you're investing your money. And, and also, you know, I'm, I'm pretty uh, aware when I'm taking investments from people, like the last thing that I want to do is take somebody's, you know, $50,000. That's their only $50,000 of savings. There's a reason why we set minimum investments in the, in the investments that we have. And there's also a reason why we only allow accredited investors to get into our deals. It's because, you know, the last thing that I ever want to do is take the last of your savings. You should be very, very careful you know, with investing the very last of your savings. And if you are going to invest the very last of your savings, like I did when I started my first business, it should be in something that you're, you know, that you believe in wholeheartedly. I don't know that I would give anybody else my last $50,000 of savings. I might invest it in myself, in my own business, throw a Hail Mary in myself as I did at the age of 24. But you should be cognizant, and you should be aware, and you should, you know, vet out the deals that you're investing in. So I'm not saying that we should be carefree or risk-free, um, or, you know, not be concerned about the risk. I guess is a better way to say it. But what I am saying is that we're never going to get ahead again. No risk, no reward. And so I've been realizing lately that in order for me to break through this upper limit that I'm experiencing. And and I'll tell you honestly what it is. Some of you may know this, some of you may not. But the reality of what I'm up against is, I want to build. Uh, this goes back to Dan Sullivan's conversation around who not how. I want to build an inner circle of awesome partners. Um, I'm building a company called Velocity Venture Partners, which is going to be my main private equity group. And and that doesn't mean that I'm getting out of the mobile home park space, or you know that we're moving away from. You know, I, I definitely want to continue to invest in HVAC companies. And, you know, we've got a lot of different types of investments that we're doing. I'm, I'm launching a, a fund that we've been working on for like a year and a half in the luxury uh, vacation rental space, like very, very high end, um, you know, six, seven, eight bedroom homes with a, a friend and a business partner, Elliot Schwartz. So what I want to build is a nice, small little private equity group where we have uh, amazing players at the seat. Of the table where, you know, we're just looking and vetting deals. But what I've realized in in coming up against this is that in order to break through that upper limit, I've come back to this risk conversation, which is why I'm posing this to you today. If this had been 20 years ago, when I first got into business, I wouldn't even be questioning it. I'd be like, okay, where do we get the money? How do we fund this? You know, what's the business model? Does it make sense? Let's just go make it happen. But as I've gotten more conservative and you could argue, this is a good thing and a bad thing you sh- we should be more cautious we should be you know as as we've had business failures and as we've had investments go wrong as along with ones that have gone well um and this is the great thing like you you learn just as much if not i think you learn more from the investments and the businesses that have gone bad than the ones that have gone good. And hopefully the ratio of the ones that have gone well or good are better than the ones that have gone bad, which is, you know, in, in our case has, has, has been the equation. Um, but all that being said, in order to break through this upper limit, um, in order to really, you know, plow through that and break that glass ceiling that I've kind of built, I'm just thinking back to the risk equation and because I have more to lose I'm much more conservative and it takes me a lot longer to make decisions, especially when it comes to key investments and key people. I think this is where, you know, the rubber really meets the road. What, what are the, what are the people in your life as Dan Sullivan would say the who's, who are the who's that you need to, you know, surround yourself with, whether it's an additional uh, uh, whether it's an additional vendor or whether it's a business partner or whether it's hiring a key employee or, you know, whether it's investing in more equipment what are the things that you need to be investing in that you're dragging your feet on? And for me, it's been people like literally it's, it's getting very, very clear on who are the people that I need in my world. And when we see them like not dragging our heels too much. And so (laughs) there's probably a couple of you that are in my inner world that we're having this conversation around. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not only being honest with those people that are in my inner circle, I'm being honest with those of you that are listening to the podcast and hopefully it helps you to understand that again, as we get older and we have more to lose our risk tolerance and our level of fear around uh, losing what we've built can become a hindrance, like literally can become a hindrance because if this was 20 years ago, I probably would have plowed through this glass ceiling, but I've just realized that as I've gotten older and as I've built more savings and, you know, critical mass when it comes to my horizontal income. And um, I I just have more fear around losing that money. And I didn't used to have that. Why? Because I didn't have any. And so I've just really been, you know, challenged myself lately to think through this. What areas in my life am I playing small? Because I'm not taking the risks that I need to be taking. Calculated risks, but nonetheless risks. Everything is risky. And again, no risk, no reward. So, you know, I'd, I'd really just cause or I'd really just uh, encourage you to pause and consider what areas in your life are you playing small because you're scared of risk? Maybe it's even, you know, I, I had a business failure or I had an investment that went wrong. Uh, it could be a lot of these different reasons. What are the areas in your life that you're playing small because you're being motivated by fear and you've become more and more risk averse and it's keeping you from achieving your full potential? And by the way, um, you know, I shared with, uh, somebody at one point in time, his name's Brian Lubin. I'll just give him a shout out. And he's got a great podcast, um, called the action Academy. Um, he's, he just, he just recorded a podcast. I encourage you to go listen to it. And he was talking about how the first time that him and I met, um, you know, he had kind of slid up in my DMS as they say on Instagram. And, you know, he was kind of hovering around, uh, the go world and he got invited to a go event and he said hey i've got a golf uh foursome set up do you want to go golfing so obviously he's speaking my love language and you know the thing that i challenged him on the golf course cuz he was like you know i really want to launch a podcast and i have all these big dreams in me and blah 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 and i said listen like you're being selfish if you don't go do that because this is not about you it's about everybody around you and it's about you know how many people and and his podcast is blown up. And I know personally, I'm even coaching a guy. Maybe, maybe he's even listening. But I'm coaching a guy right now um, that I met through Brian that Brian, you know, got... So he was listening to Brian's podcast and then him and Brian started connecting. And Brian was like, you know... I think that Mike's probably the guy that you need to be coaching with. He's the guy that can help you get to where you want to go. And so when I look at these, like connecting these dots, it's extremely important that we answer the call and that we're not motivated by fear. Because if Brian hadn't listened to me on the, on the golf course, when I said, listen, bro, you're being selfish. If you don't share your message and you don't give your gift to the world, it's not about you. It's about all those people that are not going to get impacted And, and even if it's not about a podcast or any of that, even if it's launching a business or, you know, you've got some passion to serve people in a certain area, maybe it's a, you know, I was talking to a guy a while back that was giving me an IV when I wasn't feeling good. I was getting ready to travel and, and he's a nurse and he was talking about how he wants to go like serve underprivileged people in the healthcare space. And I just really encouraged him and challenged him, like, go figure out how to make that happen. Because when there's a calling in us and we have such a deep passion and a purpose, and we don't answer that call because of our insecurities, because of our fear, because of the fact that we're risk averse. We don't know where we're gonna get the money. You know, why would anybody listen to me? All of these limiting beliefs and these upper limits as uh, they talk about in The Big Leap, we gotta blast through those glass ceilings because the reality is it's not just about you. In fact, it's never, ever, ever about you. Like Zig Ziglar says, you can have everything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want which is really where the answer is. And so anyway, I'll kind of put a bow on this. Um, you know, if Brian hadn't launched his podcast, uh, you know, how many people would not be impacted? And it's only been like a year. This kid is just like out changing the world. And, and even just thinking about my client, his name's Ryan, I wouldn't be able to be coaching this person uh, and, and making, you know, the impacts that him and I are making together if it hadn't been for Brian, you know, listening to me and saying, hey, bro, don't be selfish. And so how does this relate to you? Don't be selfish. I mean, we have to like put our fears behind us and we have to, you know, just take the risk because everything worth doing has a lot of risk associated with it. So again, I'll kind of leave you with this. What in your life, where are you playing small? Where are you not taking risks because of fear? And listen, I get it. You know what? There's all this conversation there literally somebody said this in my DMs the other or not even in my DMs they actually commented on one of my posts you can go find it on Instagram where you know I was talking about hey there's this recession coming and I refuse to participate and this guy that I've known for a long time was like mike what in the f are you talking about we're in a full blown depression bro like you're crazy listen i'm not denying the fact that we're in challenging times and that you know we're we're in a period of time that we've never we've never been in a place like this, where the entire world is in a situation like it's in right now. But what that doesn't mean is that we should put our heads in the sand and just ignore, you know, our potential and our ability, because people are, people are going to get hurt in recessions and downturns, but also people are going to do well. And so I would ask you, which side of the equation are you going to be on? Because it's up to you to make the decisions that you need to make. It's up to you to pull your head out of the clouds or out of the sand, wherever you have it, I don't, I don't know what dark place you've got your head stuck right now, but all these conversations around risk and fear and what what motivates us, et cetera, we have to, have, to, have to just listen to that inner calling and and just set the fear aside. Listen, everything that I've got going on, everything that I've ever done is scary. Even launching this podcast has been scary. Half the time when I hit record, I'm like, is anybody even listening? <laughs> it's like the Pink Floyd song, I think it was Pink Floyd, like, "Hello, is anybody in there?" like just not if you can hear me. Um the thing with podcasts is like you don't ever know if anybody's listening. I get more comments from all the fake accounts that are, you know, popping up out there. That's like my best way of knowing that people are listening is because everybody's like, Hey, you've got another fake follower. And I'm like, great, just go report them because they, they block me. So I don't even see it. But that's like how I know that most of you even exist is because you're responding to my fake followers. And so listen, even if it's just changing one person's life, we have to go out there and, and, and by, by changing other people's lives, your life will be changed. So what areas are you living in fear? What areas are you being overly risk averse that's keeping you from finding your true calling, your true passion for, from really serving those who need your gifts? And, and, and by the way, gifts are your business gifts too. Like I'm not just thinking about like your spiritual gifts or you know the, the fact that you encourage people or any of that kind of stuff um, or that you're a good teacher or whatever. Literally you, the, the gifts that we bring to the business world for instance, when I started a plumbing company, I was a really good plumber, but I was a really good business owner and I was always, always, always focused on customer service and we delivered a customer service experience that was better than any of our competitors were doing. And so what is it in your world that, that you're robbing people literally because you're being selfish, because you're living in fear, because you're scared of risk? because as we've grown and we've got more money in savings and we've got more cars to pay for and we have more houses to pay for and we've got more children's educations to pay for, all these things that we've built up, well, I would just encourage you that, man, maybe the thing you need to do is continue to do all of that while leaning into whatever it is that you fully feel you're called to do and just go out there and make it happen. There's so many people's dreams that are just dead. They died with them on the hill of of fear and and fear of risk and and fear of failure and fear of judgment. There are so many so many callings and and other people that were destined to be changed by you that that just everybody's dreams just died because we, we we're motivated by fear, we're living in fear, we're in fear of judgment we're, we fear losing you know, our, our nest egg, we fear losing our retirement account. Well, half the time when you don't do anything and you just leave your retirement account in the, in the stock market, you end up losing it anyway. So let's just go out there and take our future into our own hands. And so again, I want to make this really clear. Sorry if that was just a big, loud pop, but I want to make this really clear that, um, you know, this is coming from something that I struggle with too. And I'm constantly checking in because it's like climbing Mount Everest. I was telling somebody this the other day when you climb, I've never climbed Mount, Mount Everest. So just full disclaimer there, I'm kind of talking out my ear here, but you know, I've talked to a lot of people that have and watch documentaries and all that. So obviously when, when you're climbing Mount Everest, like you have to climb up and acclimate, and then you have to come back down and, and let your body get used to that. And then you go up a little higher and then you come back down and then you go up higher and come back down because our bodies are not used to that elevation and you can only stay up there so long, etc. Well, it's the same thing with, levels of success in life when we plow through a glass ceiling or an upper limit um, number one don't be surprised when that upper limit rears its head and comes back again but also don't be surprised when uh you know we just keep having to plow through next level upper limits because i mean again if you're satisfied and content with where you're at great there's that old age old question like when's enough enough Well, when you're satisfied and content, but the reality is, you know, most of you that are listening to this are probably not going to reach satisfaction and contentment anytime soon. So the reality is we're just going to have to keep plowing through these upper limits. So I hope this helps you. Um, it's helped me just talking it out and, you know, I'm surrounded by such amazing humans. Uh, shout out to, uh, my coach, John Ryan, and, you know, just some of the awesome people that I'm surrounded with friends and mentors. Um, hopefully you know i can just be a small version of that to you